Hi, this is Millie, and welcome to the Escaping Narcissistic Parents podcast, where you will find the validation and love you have been looking for. Welcome to my new listeners, and as always, thank you to my loyal listeners. And thank you to the person who is now patronizing me, um, in a good way, not a bad way, (laughs) through Patreon. Um, I appreciate your support, and I'm on my way to getting a new microphone. Please follow me on Instagram if you don't already do so. It's at Escaping Narcissistic Mothers, all one word. I'll put it in the show notes. Also, please consider donating to my podcast. Please go to patreon.com slash narcissistic parents, and I will also put that in the show notes. Um, today, I wanted to, first of all, apologize for the time span that has passed since my last podcast. I have not been feeling well. Um, I went and had my blood drawn yesterday for my thyroid issue, and it looks like I'm anemic, so I don't feel well. Um, and that explains a lot of my, why I don't feel well symptoms. So I have to start taking iron. All right. So we're past that. I wanted to talk about something that I personally, um, had a big issue with. I could talk about this for, an hour, two, three, four, five, probably, if I if I thought about it closely. And the topic is this. My mother approved of boyfriends and friends that I didn't like. And by friends, I mean guys that were my friends that I didn't, I knew I didn't like, so they were my friends. And she uh, uh, didn't approve of the ones that I really did like. And it goes to show you that one of the main issues with a narcissist is control. They have to have 100% control of you and your life, regardless of what the control is. And it's not just romantic relationships. They want to control everything in your life. They want to control your political views, your career choices. They want to control everything. They want to even control um, how you feel every moment of the day. And and I posted about the gift giving, and I'll do a podcast about gifts because that's actually a a big one. A lot of you or some of you uh, actually commented on situations where the mother and the mother in law, whatever, and the gift giving situation. Um, but I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about something that affected me greatly, and the weird thing is is that I didn't see it for what it was when it was happening to me, I thought that she was looking out for me because she always said, 
I know what's best for you. I know you better than you know yourself. And those are two very common phrases that a narcissistic parent will say to keep you under control. But they're also big fat lies because nobody knows you better than you. Okay. For this simple reason, you live in your own body, period. Nobody knows you better than you. And they don't always know what's best for you. You know what's best. And guess what? Even if you make a mistake, it's okay. And I've said that before. It is okay to make mistakes. As a matter of fact, it's not only okay, it's necessary. So, where shall I start? Shall I start with my high school boyfriend? So I met a boy when I was 15 years old who was same nationality. He had green eyes. He was raised Catholic. And at first glance, I liked him a lot. You know, he was, he was very good looking. Um, but we were children. We were kids. This is, this was not a situation that I wanted to stay in for a long period of time. Um, and, and I didn't think of it, but I think of it now and I know that I shouldn't have stayed in it for a long period of time. So me and him did not get along. We fought a lot and I was a, a teenager. I was a teenager And if my mother was going to get involved at all, it should have been to tell me it's time the two of you just broke up and went your separate ways because obviously this is not a relationship that's working for you. If you're fighting this often, breaking up and getting back together, that doesn't work. And it's very stressful on a teenager to have to deal with that, right? When you're a teenager, you should be Dating one person, dating another person. You don't have to have sex with everybody. You can just go out. You know, at that point in your life, most of us, a lot of us, not everyone, and it's not a judgment. I don't care when you had sex. But we were just dating, holding hands and kissing, and that's it. And that's what, what it was. And I think my mom really wanted to turn that relationship into something much more. Um, to the point where I've made the comment in, in, in podcasts and maybe even on my Instagram page that I think that she had maybe other feelings for this boyfriend of mine. Not that she ever, she never did anything. I want to be clear about that. Um, she never did anything. It's just a feeling I have and I've had that there was something more there. Um, because me and him finally did break up. And I was already dating my ex-husband and my mother was still in contact with my ex, with that boy, which he was no longer a boy at that point, right? He was in his twenties, um, but for birthdays and things like that. And it was inappropriate. So she pushed that relationship. And even after we were broken up and, after I had already broken up with someone else, she wanted me to get back together with him. And unfortunately, his mother was not the best either. 
and he was dating someone she didn't approve of. So she called me to tell me to get back together with him. So I had two uh, toxic mothers pushing me towards someone I didn't want to be with. And that is just not right. Life is too short. Okay. Now I can't do anything about that. That happened when I was a kid. So why did I break up with him finally? Oh, I met someone else. I met someone who I really did want to be with, who I had really strong chemistry with. And that's what it was. It was, you know, 17 year old hormones and a guy who knew how to talk. (laughs) Right. And, and, and I really liked him. I really, you know, I fell for the guy. There was nothing wrong with him. He was a perfect, you know, teenage boy of that age. He was nice to me. There was nothing wrong with him. But my mother could not leave it alone. She could not leave it alone. So, and what I mean by that is, is she did the reactive abuse thing with him where it was constant to the point where I didn't realize that he was aware of it. I must have um, complained to him about it. And I'll tell you why. And it's kind of crazy. I found him on Facebook recently with everything and going on and mean being no contact for three and a half years. I, I've always had this thing like with him because he was such a big part of the abuse that my mother gave me. He was a huge part of it. Um, meaning she used him as to abuse me because she didn't approve. And the reasons she didn't approve of him that I know of was his nationality. She made racial comments about him all the time, racist comments. Um, And I think that's enough because he went to an all boy Catholic high school. I mean, it wasn't religion. It was, it was purely based on his nationality and probably the fact that this guy was someone I really wanted to be with. So this is the guy that my mother called me a slut over. This is the guy that two years after we had broken up, she, I, I went to a mall with my cousin and I called home just to tell her, Hey, we're fine. We've been hanging out here. And she tells me, come home right away. And I'm like, what, what, what's going on? Oh, I had to change the phone number. We're getting, because back then you, it wouldn't change immediately. (laughs) For those of you that don't remember when you had landline phone numbers back in the nineties, Um, you would call the phone company and they would change your phone number, but it wouldn't take effect right away. So that's how I called and was able to get through. She changed the phone number because she claimed that a woman called saying that I was seeing that guy that I hadn't seen in two years and that she was going to beat me up. That girl was going to beat me up. And I was so sure that that wasn't true because I hadn't seen him in over two years. 
I still don't know why she needed to change the phone number. My best guess is that one of my brothers had contacted her <laughs> and she got scared. So she needed to blame the phone number change on me instead of taking, saying, Hey, um, so-and-so called to my father. So I assume that's what happened. Okay. So, so far I have one that she pushed on me, one that she hated and made my life a living hell over. What about a friend? There's another example here, which I, it just came to mind uh, the other day, and I thought I'd talk about it. I had a friend whom I had a suspicion he had interest in me more than just friendship, but for me, it was just a friend. I liked him a lot. He was, still is, a sweet person, um, someone that I will always have a special place in my heart for, but... It was never a romantic place. It never was. We were friends, or at least for me. My mother had it in her mind some for some reason that she wasn't going to push that guy on me regardless of my what I wanted. So I was in college, and he was in the neighborhood. No, he lived in my neighborhood, but, I mean, he was in my neighborhood like he was on my block. <laughs> If you guys know, this is New York City. So he was, you know, on my block and he rang the doorbell and I said to my mother, tell him I'm not here. And she didn't do that. She, she rang him in and I had to hide in my bedroom and I let her deal with it because I wasn't going to let her push, force me to be in a room with this guy and and God knows how long he was going to stay there. So I went in my bedroom and I said, oh, okay, fine. Now you deal with it. You know, at least I made the right choice there and, and made her deal with it. Luckily, because of that, she, she, she felt uncomfortable. And um, he didn't stay very long. And he left. And I never understood why she did that. Now I do. And I'm going to tell you what. None of the times that my mother either accepted and pushed me or rejected and made my life a living hell was based on anything that had anything to do with me at all. It had to do with her controlling my life. And for her to have more control, I had to be weak. These are the things that someone who doesn't understand narcissism and hasn't lived with doesn't understand. It's those little nuanced things. Okay. They may understand they want to control you, but they don't understand. They may not understand. They have to keep you weak in order to control you. Okay. I'm going to give you <clears throat> an example of this. It's not really related to this, but it might click. Um, there are a lot of religions out there that are out there looking for people and they look for people who I don't want to say are weak, but that, that, that are vulnerable in some way, right? People who have, are coming out of recovery from drug addiction or who have, who just got divorced because they are not strong, right? They're, they're recovering, 
And since they are recovering, it is easier to kind of go in and say, well, we can help you get through this. Well, it's the same idea. And I'm not pointing at any specific religions. I just know that that's part of what some religions do. They, They seek out those people to convert them. Um, that's what a narcissistic parent will do. They will keep you feeling unhappy and weak so that they can always have the control over your life and, and the, 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 you know, one, one up on you, right? Have the upper hand. So what happens in these situations? They keep, they keep control over you. My mother for sure kept control over me, right? The, the biggest one of my examples is my ex-husband. There were a lot of clues and a lot of people saying things that I can think of now and say, I get what they were saying, that he wasn't right for me. And my mother pushed that on me. She pushed it. Even when I expressed that I didn't want to get married a few months before the wedding, her answer was, well, it's too late. We sent out the invitation, so you're getting married. And if you want to get divorced the next day, you do that. But she didn't mean that part. She knew that if she could get me down the aisle, that that would be it. And that he would help to control me and he did he did control he used a lot of the same tactics as she did to keep me under control okay so that is the basis of everything a narcissist does right it's not about controlling your love life it's about controlling your every life Okay, it is. They're going to have an opinion on your job, your job interviews. If you want to switch a job because you are unhappy at your current job and and your your boss is making you miserable and life is too short. So you don't want to stay there. So you want to start looking. They're going to discourage you because if they have another person that's also keeping you down, it's easier for them to control you and they continue to control you. Okay? Now, I want you I I don't I haven't said this many times in a podcast, but I'm going to say it today. I want you to think of every time that your parent, mom or dad, either one, has controlled you in one way or another has discouraged you from doing something you wanted to do really badly. And and I'm not talking about romantic relationships. I mean anything. You're, you know, choosing your major in college or whatever. And encourage you to do something you didn't want. Just so that you can see how much they wanted to control your life. They needed to control your life. Remember, a narcissist needs narcissistic supply that requires you to be in their life and them to have control over you so that 
you are disposable to them. You not disposable that you are there so that they can abuse you and get narcissistic supply, right? They can't get supply from you if you're not there. My mother's last um, attempt with me was my current husband. She tried very hard to discourage, not discourage me. She said things that were insane. My husband is a, was, I have to remind myself to say was, even 13 years after we've been married, was a widower. His wife passed away a year before we met. And that is a horrible thing that happened to him, right? My mother told me that she thought that he had his wife chained in his house. I don't know if I've ever mentioned this in a podcast, and I'd be surprised if I haven't already. But that is insane. But all she needed to do was plant a seed. And she did. And I went... Because what happened was, and this this goes into, I don't want to go into my husband's state of mind, but he just wanted to run from that life, and and he he did. He physically and, and in every way just ran. And me and a friend of his went to the house, which was not being occupied. And in my head, I was like, am I going to find his his wife there. There was a part of me that thought this was possible. Even though right now I thinking back going, that's insane. No one can do that, especially in Florida. We don't have basements. We don't have a place to, to do that. <laughs> you know, if someone goes missing, look in a canal, especially where I live or look in, in, in some sort of body of water or you, you can't, you can't do anything basements. We don't have basements. So, of course, she wasn't there, but she planted the seed. Now, I knew, I knew that my husband was the right man for me. I knew it, and every day, I know it more and more and more. And that was the first nail in her coffin, was the day that I married that man. Because I did something I knew was right for me regardless of her opinion. And that's where I started to separate a little bit. And it was very little that, I mean, that was a big deal. I married somebody, but it's not like I stopped talking to her, even distanced, but that was one act, the first act that was going to get me to where I am today. Right, which is I have no contact with her. And one last thing before I end, for those of you that continue to um, tell me that you feel guilty, I cannot tell you what to do. I'm not a licensed therapist. I am a person who is a thriver from narcissistic abuse who has researched this topic to death, specifically parental narcissism. I've read many books. 
And I have insight based on my experience. What I can tell you about guilt is guilt is something that was put there by the narcissist. Okay? They controlled you using guilt for your entire life. They made you feel guilty for everything that happened, whether you were responsible for it or not. And now you feel guilty for not, for even the idea of not being in contact with the the narcissist. You have been brainwashed to the point that you don't realize that you you have the right to protect yourself. You have the right to not be abused. You have the right to put boundaries down and say, no, you can't talk to me that way. I will not allow it and walk away. Right? You have that right. You have that right because you're alive. Everyone who is alive has a right to protect themselves. So guilt was something that was instilled by them. And and society in, a, in large part. And then the flying monkeys. But then I need another new, whole new podcast for that. But there's people... They tell you, you need to feel guilty. How could you? It's your mother. You know, it's easier to um, go no contact when it's the father. And I'm going to tell you real quick. This is a long podcast. Um, I, I used to complain that on Mother's Day, everybody always praised the moms. You know, pictures with the moms and the grandmas and, and all that stuff. And, and put that on Facebook and then all that. And on Father's Day, there were a lot of posts that were negative against fathers. And I think that's unfair. I think that they're, it's not right to praise moms and put down dads when it is equal. Believe me, there are just as many bad mothers. It's society that puts that in your head. Think about that. Tell me you haven't seen those posts about on Father's Day. Well, I'm a mother and a father, so today's my day too. That kind of thing. Where you're like, well, how about Mother's Day? No one says, no no man goes on, on there and says, I'm a mother and a father, so today's my day too. No one says that. No one takes the mother's, you know... Out of the running and throw them in the the bushes. (laughs) They really don't. So, how do you keep from feeling guilty? Think about what they did to you. Think about the fact that they did it to you on purpose. They did it to keep you under control. And they were abusing you. That's how you stop feeling guilty. Right? That's how you stop feeling guilty. And I'm going to have to do another guilt uh, podcast. All right, guys. I've been talking for almost half an hour. I'm going to end here. I'm going to, once again, please, if you can, um, donate to me. I would really appreciate it. I want to get the new microphone so I can have a more professional sounding podcast. Um, And I will put the money into 
the podcast. Um, I will try to do things to make it more fun for you guys to listen. Um, so if you can, patreon.com slash narcissistic parents. And of course I'll put in the show notes and until next time.